You are listening to Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast. Swung on line to deep left field. It is gone. It went deep right. Batista's going to wave goodbye. Start the fireworks show. This is Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast, episode 114. I am your host, Matt Lyons, and on this week's episode, we have some thoughts on the Twins series and the game against Chicago we watched on Monday. Mike Clevenger promised velocity, and he delivered it. Are we worried about Jose Ramirez's slump or Francisco Lindor's injury? Kyler Nakin looks abysmal at the plate, and the Indians are doing some some things to keep Corey Kluber on an even schedule. How will that affect Shane Bieber and our ability to watch Shane Bieber, most importantly? Before we get into all that, I want to thank everybody listening live now, or wherever they're listening, whether it's on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or quite frankly, I don't know where this podcast goes anymore. <laughs> when I took it over, it goes to all kinds of places. So if you listen to this somewhere that I don't know what it is, just, just let us know. That'd be cool to know what you can actually find Let's Go Tribe on. Um, but if you are, no matter where you're listening, make sure to give us give us a review, stars, whatever your preferred service has to help us out. Uh, joining me for all that and more is none other than Mr. Merritt Rolfing. Merritt, how you doing? Oh, I'm Fantastic. That's all I got. No, 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 no other witty repartee. Nothing, nothing about yeah. a, a, a baseballs or or Red Dead Redemptions or um, got nothing today. No, I had a pretty. Uh, I the cherry blossoms were in bloom in D.C. this weekend, and they were lovely. So, um, if you have a chance, the next two to three days uh, from when we're recording this, not even really when you hear it, uh, yeah, get down to D.C. See the cherry blossoms around the uh, the Jefferson Memorial. Jefferson Memorial, they're delightful. So that's my travel tip of the week. What's that? <laughs> Merritt's travel tip of the week. So that has nothing to do with Red Dead Redemption. What's wrong with you? Um, There's no cherry yeah, blossoms. I was busy doing stuff. Baseball started, so I'm distracted, and my wife hates me again. So you know how it is. <laughs> it's the best time of the year, you know. The it really time you is. just neglect everything to watch baseball at night. It's really oh, good. Um, my brother won a hot dog eating contest on opening day. So um, you're one... The listeners here are now two steps away from championships. Uh, so there you go. I mean, it may not be the Indians, but it's something. So was that like the at the D.C. home opener or where does he live? He lives here in D.C. as well. We went to a, there's a bar here in town that has a hot dog eating contest on opening day. Oh, so it wasn't like at the stadium. That no, happen. no, it was just at a bar. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. He just won a hot dog contest <laughs> that happened to be on opening day. Well, it, it's a base. It's a, it's a cub. It's a Chicago slash Detroit um, focused bar. So they put on the. So he won either a Tigers or a Cubs jersey. Not my favorite teams, but, you know, whatever. I'll allow it, I guess. Hot dog contest is a hot dog contest. You win right. that, you're you're set for life, I think, is what they say. That's uh, Plus, financially, emotionally. It, one of the guys competing in it was obviously just there for the free hot dogs. He was not competing at all. He was standing there <laughs> casually eating a hot dog. And free that hot man, dogs are free hot dogs, man. That man is the true hero. I'll say that much. He knew what he was doing. Well, well, like you said, we got to watch some baseball. We watched the Twins series, which mm. was considerably more miserable than the game we watched Monday with the, the White Sox. So let's just kind of go over what we've seen so far. I think the first part we can start with is just the up and downness of Jose Ramirez. The first two games, he tried to bun himself aboard to start the game just to beat the shift. The third game, it kind of worked. Um, the, the third baseman stayed somewhere around third base until after the first strike, then he started roaming around again. But it seemed like at first that the twins are just in his head. He didn't come into the the season like with his usual swagger. Like I'm just going to hit the ball and do what I do. Like he was, he was already thinking about how to beat the shift and how it was going to affect him. I don't know if maybe that's getting in his head or what, or maybe he's just still injured, but we did see him put the, put the bat to ball a couple of good times against the white Sox. So maybe something is turning around and this long slump is slowly over, but 
what are your thoughts on? I guess we can do friend Jose Ramirez or basically anything that happened in that that first series or against Chicago. Well, thanks, man. You really gave me a focus. Uh, I think my first thought when I saw Ramirez bunt though was, "What the fuck is this maddening hellscape we're in?" Because why is he bunting? <laughs> my second thought was also so I've been reading um, uh, the science of hitting again, the Ted Williams book, uh, which is as prescient today as it, is, as it was when it was actually if not even more so because it literally just talks about how modern day hitting is now written 30 years ago or whatever you know uh and one of the first things he points out is don't ever swing at the first pitch ever like he just it just wasn't something he did because especially if it's someone you haven't seen before or in a while and i mean ramirez saw barrios a bunch last year but not this year and rios looked fantastic by the way um the cubs might or the twins might be good i can't tell but uh because the Indians' offense is just so dreadful. But I don't know. I, I, yeah, the bunting thing, again, I, I know it's driven us mad with uh, Francisco Lindor in the past, but this is on another level. I mean, this is a guy who was one of the best hitters in the league a year ago, and I know he fell off in, the, you know, in uh, late August and early September. But what that well, – why? Why? <laughs> I think this is a little different than the Lindor thing, right? Because these aren't sacrifice bunts. He's trying to beat the shift. Like, I don't right. care how good of a hitter he is. If you can get a 1,000 batting average, like get on base every single time, I think you'd do it. But the, also the bunts were terrible. <laughs> that's another well, that, part of that, it. That's the thing, too. I mean, well, first of all, I just I, – I, I, all right. So he is fast, obviously. He, you know, he stole 30-whatever base, 34 bases last year, and he can do a little bit of everything. Yes. Uh, and if he can beat the shift with it, yeah, that's great. But – it just looked like he didn't know how to bunt is the other issue. And secondarily, again, it's just why on the first pitch, why anything? Why is this happening? Why are you doing this? Um, why against a righty? You know, like, why do you, like, I mean, it, maybe it makes some sense. Actually, it would make more sense to bunt against a righty, I guess, because he falls off that side of the mound. I don't know. Maybe there's some thought to it. Um but again, no, I don't know. The, the only thing that made even less sense than that was Tyler Naquin uh, batting third in the first two games of the se- series. Yeah, was, yeah. Was the third one, he, a... he just was out because it was a lefty. But yeah, the first two. What? <laughs> just what? That about sums it up, Mayor. <laughs> just what? <laughs> Look, we're all fans of Tyler Naquin here, right? We all. Are we? Well. Are we? I think we're all in a, some sort of a Stockholm syndrome situation at this point with Tyler Naquin. <laughs> I'll accept that one. That one. Yeah. <laughs> that he's kind. around and he's handsome, and we want him to be good. Of the you know of the of the three great young outfielders that they had in their farm system four years ago, he's the only one that, that's healthy and playing for the Indians. So it would be nice if he was good. And he was hurt last year, and he had a really great season. Uh, before people figured him out. So maybe he could figure that back out. I don't know. Uh, Tom Hamilton seems to think he could be good. Uh, he Tom seems Hamilton, like a Tom Hamilton kind of guy. He does, right? Uh, Hamilton's never had a bad take. So <laughs> I just... Loves Eric Hosmer, hates Carlos Santana. He's, uh, he's, you know, I mean, everything. we all have opinions. Um, it's just, I, I, I know it's a bad lineup. Man, it's not very good at all. But third... Surely Santana deserves more at bats than him and Jake Bowers. And granted, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Seems like a bad idea to me. Um, I think Bowers a bad idea to me that he'd, he'd be worth a more batting third or whatever up there. Based on what's there now, like, why not? 
he's put some good contact on. I mean, Tyler Naquin to start the season went over six, six strikeouts, I think it was. Yeah. And then he struck out again after over he... seven with six strikeouts. I think. Was it? I'm just, I'm just looking at the. Oh, I thought uh, he started the first six were straight strikeouts. Um, maybe that's what it was. Okay, because he was over over four with three strikeouts in the second game, and then was he just over three in this game? I'm just going through the box scores real quick. Um, yeah, it was likely the, either way. <laughs> just and there was like no contact made. Yeah, and yeah, I, no. I don't even see what he did today. Somehow I completely missed every one of his at bats. I was watching the whole game, but I don't I don't recollect Tyler Naquin doing anything. Well, which you is know. weird. Yeah, because I mean they were all getting mowed down again today by Ivan Nova of all people. I don't know which one is more upsetting, that one or the Michael Pineda coming back after a year away from baseball. <laughs> like I've seen Ivan Nova be pretty good at times. Uh, I've seen Michael Pineda be pretty good at times too. Uh, by the way, he was one for three with a hit, or well, with a hit. Obviously, he was one for three today, uh, single. Yeah. So that's oh, something. But oh, I do remember that. Yeah, like got through the left side of the infield. All right. So yeah, that's something. Hit, so that's something. Yeah, he did make yeah. contact for once. That was good. Um, there's not really like so far. It doesn't seem like there's one type that's killing the Indians, does it? To you, I mean, Pineda's his own weird halfway broken pitcher. Jose mm-hmm. Barrios is just really good, mm-hmm. um, and Ivan Nova just keeps the ball in the zone. It doesn't seem like there's one particular way teams are beating the Indians. I think they're just bad right now. No, yeah. I, 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 mean, like, I mean, people say, oh, look at this crappy AAA lineup. And I think it's better than that. I mean, I, I look at the people on the team, and I and I, I think to myself, they have to be better than this, right? Uh, Jake Odorizzi is a very good pitcher also. We, we skipped over him. But uh, I think they're probably better than this. It's just sometimes, you know like, – I think it was a year or two, a year or two ago. Uh, either I think it was Jeff Zimmerman. No, you know, never mind. No, it was um, Sam. Sam Miller wrote a piece about how if you took a snapshot of the first uh, week of that series, uh, and I showed you two different lines, and one was like you know like two for twelve with a with a with one double, and the other one was you know eight for fourteen with three home runs. Which one's Mike Trout? The answer was obviously the one that where he was two for twelve with a double or whatever. You know. It's just how it is sometimes. I mean, Santana's hitting was hitting one sixty seven on Saturday. And he's in four fifty now. So we're we're trapped too much in results because I don't know. Right now, we still should be looking at the process, but even with all that, that's a lot of strikeouts. You know, strikeouts are at the end of the day not the worst way to make an out, but they're also a bit depressing when they happen at this volume. Um across the lineup from top to bottom really you know uh well you mentioned ramirez he seems to be kind of turning around a little bit santana has been his old self pretty much he just takes a lot of pitches and doesn't quite make solid contact on pitches in the zone like he always has uh bowers is i don't know i mean that's he's probably the one i'm watching the closest to see if the process is speaking more than just the the results because again he he had a hit today uh ringing double uh to the opposite field i mean he's he's taking pitches he's drawing walks he had, an, he had another walk today so uh that, that puts him at two walks i believe uh two walks yeah, I now I right but they were talking about in the broadcast that he led all rookies in walks last year i did not know that i didn't, I didn't know either he was, yeah but he that's the thing like he, he's, he's take he takes pitches that he shouldn't you know that he should take and he usually so he, he had he had one one of his bats today wasn't very good uh he kind of it was, a, I think, it was a three-one count, and he kind of expanded the zone when he really shouldn't have. Uh, so that's not encouraging, obviously. But again, that's one at bat among what is he up to now? Fifteen or something like that? Yeah, fifteen at sixteen at bats. Like that's nothing, you know. It's it's 
that's a hiccup. Like just like you mentioned, you know, Jose Ramirez's extended slump. Yeah, he didn't look great, but he already had a hit, and it's just it's, it's so goddamn cold too. You know, like that's <laughs> it's so cold. <laughs> why is like why are they playing? I don't know. <laughs> why is cold? Yeah. What 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 why am Minnesota cold? So. <laughs> Everyone always says like the the cold shouldn't affect their ability to make contact, but if you're super uncomfortable and cold and you're miserable, I think maybe you're going to be a little less focused. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm willing to chalk some of that up to the cold. Like it's not just power that's depleted. Like if you're miserable at the plate and you're thinking, "God, my fingers are fucking cold," then like, you're not really looking for the pitch maybe as much as you would be otherwise. Well, and Ramirez being a human, the the ball doesn't honestly the ball doesn't travel as much when it's cold out is one thing, uh, and. Also, he, I mean, you know, wind is different when it's winter time. Uh, Ramirez probably missed a home run today because of because of a breeze blowing in. So if he hit a home run and a double today, then we're talking a completely different story. That's what I'm talking too about, you know, process versus results. He's he hit the ball hard today, a bunch, and that's good. And that's really all we should see. It, we should expect out of him because I think at the end of the day, you can't control where the ball go, goes most of the time. Uh, you just Swing the ball, the bat hard, and make good contact, and you know, hope for the best. That's all. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I like Statcast so much early on, yeah. like for baseball savant stuff. Like if you can grind it down to how hard they're hitting the ball and take away everything else, I think you can see some. I mean, it's still it's not enough to conclude anything, but you see a lot better results just looking at how hard they're hitting the ball this early on because you can you can tell like no matter if they're like one for fifteen, they're still hitting the ball super hard. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if they if they yeah if they're one for fifteen and those fourteen outs are all balls in play and they're all fly balls hit, you know, ninety six miles an hour and they just happen to be at people or whatever, you know, it's it's just it's part of part of the the, the bastard that is baseball. Sometimes it just goes the wrong place, so or sometimes the wind catches it and blows it in or whatever. So, uh, it's just, yeah, there's nothing really to talk about yet. They they're they're at five hundred. I mean. There's nothing really to worry about now. They're, the the way this team is built is one that will slowly grind the opposition into dust because of the rotation. Like it's just odds are they'll win three out of every five games or whatever, and other team and the other teams that don't have the the bullets that they do. So yeah, it's crazy. We're at the fourth starter right now, and he faced Ivan Nova, who had like a four nine ERA last year, mm-hmm. and it was Mike Clevenger. <laughs> <laughs> who, I think who has that's his velocity up to like ninety seven, and that's the thing insane. we can't we can't underscore enough here is Mike Clevenger is their third best or their, is their fourth starter. He's not their fourth best starter, I think at this point. But uh, again, he's their fourth star. He was their fourth starter in, to to start the season, and that's that's absurd to be quite honest with you. With as good as he is, I mean, I mean we, we've we've seen the trend lines. Uh, we've seen him be getting better and better. His secondary stuff, did, I think, doesn't get even enough play. That he has a very good slider. I like his curveball. I think his changeup's gotten better. Uh, so that, that's that's really cool, you know. But that velocity is the thing right now because he was talking about it, and Trevor Bauer was too that he was working in the offseason. I'd assume it was drive line or even if it was just Trevor, but they're working on getting his velocity up. I think he was like sitting at ninety three, ninety four last year, but. He was hitting 97 today, and it was averaging around like 96. So that's real. That's I mean, it it's is. the first I game mean, of the season; it can go down. But I don't think. I mean, I'm I'm just clicking through. He's he 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 definitely got it up there. But if you look at his numbers, you know, late last year, he he had a massive uptick and was sitting at 94.6, 94.9, you know, basically 95 miles an hour on average um, in September and October. 
So it's definitely a continuation of a year ago, uh, which isn't to poo-poo what happened. It's proving that last year was, in fact, not a fluke, and that he put the work in. And like you said, he was hitting 97. We saw that last year, too. I remember that start he had in um, in Baltimore. Uh, I, I remember the speed gun saying, you know, 95, 96 at times. And then there was that I think that was start. the now infamous the gun is hot game. Yeah, then there was a gun is hot <laughs> yeah. game. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, gun can be as hot as it fucking wants. I don't know. I will say this. Not hot now, though. I do think there. I I do put some credence into what he what uh, uh, Frank Owen said about that. I went to a lot of games at that stadium, and it always seemed like guys were throwing harder than they did anywhere else. And maybe maybe that's just using some of my my, my personal confirmation bias. I don't know, but you know, it could be something. Also, some guns are just located so differently. Like- so yeah. Yeah, at this point, I'll, I'm I'm willing to just whatever he says about pitching, I'm willing to believe Trevor Bauer at this point. Yeah. Like between him and Clevenger, if they say they worked on something and they think it's going to work, so far I have no reason to doubt what they're saying. Like sure. Trevor Bauer has said he's going to make a slider. He made a slider. He said he's going to make a changeup. He it looks like he made a changeup. And now Mike Clevenger's <laughs> velocity is way up. So if those two, I'm willing to trust them on anything baseball related. They say that it's probably going to happen, and they're they're serious about the results of it because I really think they found. Like something, which is just science, <laughs> science. But they found it as a way to just make these pitches and measure things so accurately that they're going to be special, I think, going forward. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you wooed there a minute ago, that Trevor Bauer changeup, man. <laughs> that thing drops right out of the zone. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, I think it's part of the reason that Trevor Bauer likes Roberto Perez so much is that he stopped all those balls and saved the win. On uh, I think Saturday it was. I'm I'm making a bunch of gifts uh, for an article that will be going up on Wednesday, and the the changeup plays in one of them. And I just remember watching, it, like, "Whoo, damn!" As I was recording it, because <laughs> sitting alone in the dark in your office, I, well, your poor I, wife I, trying to sleep, she hears a "whoo, damn." I paired it with uh, a fastball he turned early in their bat, kind of a, a nice demonstration of his sequencing as well, because the location of the two pitches was fucking filthy. In addition to the pitches themselves being filthy, and. Uh, Gee whiz. I mean, that's a heck of a pitch. Whew. I mean, good and Lord. I don't think we can, again, things is, that we can't overstate is just the fact that he said, I'm going to make a change up now. And he yeah. made a change up now. Yeah. That is absolutely insane. <laughs> I think part of it is just his whole, I'm not going to have a family thing. I'm just going to work on baseball. And he's just measured everything and just makes pitches in the offseason. Well, he, um, he, he did throw, I mean, let's not forget that was being, he's been working on that for like a year. You know, he's, He's, he essentially stole "quote unquote" uh, Strasburg's like a year ago. It's just he really focused on this pat this off season, and it's really paying off too. So right, well, he's turned it into this this killer thing this off season. Like last year was a slider, and now it's this. It's just he's just doing it over and over again. Like remember when he first came up and he had all these pitches that he thought he had, and none of them seemed to work. I, I wonder what's if it's just purely the measurements now are that much better that he can do it. Because I would I mean, assume before this is what he was trying to do is just craft these pitches and say he had them all. He just didn't have them before, but now he seems to. I mean, that's what. Yeah, this is getting better. I mean, what, what can you say? It's it. We. I, I think if you think back to just the beginning of Trevor Bauer's career, he was good. It's just it wasn't consistent or it didn't maintain because he was twenty three year old or whatever playing baseball at the highest level. Like he, you know, I don't know. It's it's weird to think that he's anything except uh, he was anything except you know a very a very good young pitcher who was bordering on who, who was just trying to figure it all out like yeah okay fine he had a four nineteen ERA when, when he was twenty six, uh, 
His fielding independent pitching was, you know, a bunch better. He striking out a ton of guys, and he pitched 175 innings that year. So, I don't know. I, I, I was always on the band. I think we were all always on the bandwagon. This guy's gonna be good because the stuff was so good there. Like the stuff was just filthy. It's just he's put it together, like you said, and he's just refined it to a point. So, yeah, and now he's consistent with it, which is the biggest. And now he thing, leads so. the league in ERA plus at 326. So <laughs> that's a, that's sustainable for a whole season, I think. Yeah, I, I agree think. with you. Hands down. <laughs> now, are you um, are you all worried about Carlos Carrasco? I think Corey Kluber is pretty much set that he's clearly still Corey Kluber, but Carlos Carrasco is the only one who really had a bad outing so far as a starter. Um, do you chalk that up to a whole lot? Or he was working with Kevin Plawecki. I don't know if that makes a huge difference, but it wasn't Roberto Perez that behind is, the plate. That is something. Uh, last year, his first start, March 31st at Seattle, 5.2 innings, 7 hits, 5 earned runs, 4 strikeouts, 2 home runs. Uh I thought about that as I was watching him get shelled by the Twins. I don't know. Maybe he maybe he just stinks the first time out. Who knows? He, maybe he's not good. Uh, who knows? No, I, th- I think he'll be fine. I mean, let's go back another year. Let's see how his game logs were first start. 5.2 like innings, four hits, two earned runs. So, I don't know. Yeah. He's never been that consistent of a pitcher anyway. He's never been Corey Kluber through a whole season. He just has, right. like, super good games and then pretty bad games. Right. And really he, bad game. He, and then a super great game several games in a row so but i think that last year his first start of the season was okay so it was his sixth worst start of the season uh this year that game score was worse obviously he was not good at all 22 was his game score he received and again he was not very good at all i think he was a little bit unlucky with a couple pitches uh i gave a few too many fly balls for anyone's uh comfort but 10 swing strikes on 65 pitches is pretty good. That's, uh, what is that a swing strike rate at? That's like. You're talking Saturday still, right? Not a, or Sunday, I mean. Yeah, March 31st yeah. this year. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I'm, I don't know. I thought he looked good at times. He just, it all kind of fell apart on him a little bit. So. Yeah. I mean, the twins are a good lineup. That's like not something to That's the thing. I, I, that. I think that, yeah, that's, yeah, we, we, we can't sleep on the fact that those guys can hit. Um, they're going to get better too, is the thing, because. Depending on how much Nelson Cruz has left in the tank, they're still going to get um, oh, who's the giant guy? Third, their <laughs> um, third baseman, Miguel Sano. They're going to get Miguel Sano back, and I don't think he's I don't think his career is over, really, right? Yeah, and, and Byron Buxton so, looked a lot almost good mm-hmm, in the yeah. series, which he's, is kind of amazing. Confident, at least. So, and then yeah. of course we can't sleep on their catcher, Willens Estudio. Oh, I was about to mention not to get too effectively uh, wildy or a twins podcast, but good lord, he's really cool. I want to. He is. He is. He's, <laughs> I I think he's going to be. I mean, he reminds me a lot of um, Pablo Sandoval. Just loves to swing at everything, makes great contact, and also is built like a fucking fire hydrant. <laughs> so and just absolutely never strikes out. Like I right. didn't know about that until just recently. I've always heard like effectively wild talk about him, but I never mm-hmm. actually looked it up. And they're they're like sub three strikeout rates. It's ridiculous. No, he, he hasn't. Uh, he is the one. Uh, Sam Miller did a piece for ESPN recently that was like, "Who can break these legendary single season records?" And he picked Willens Estudio to be the guy who could get a, a fifty seven game hit streak or whatever because he oh, so never strikes out. That. What's he's that? gonna get really long hit streaks? I have no doubt about that. Oh anymore. yeah, because again, he just he he never strikes out. He swings at everything. He makes great contact, and he's strong. He, he's stronger than I think people give him credit for. Because, again, he is built like a fire hydrant, and fire hydrants are strong. Uh, <laughs> science proves this. So and I saw the twins. Um, I think it was Maja. I can't remember last time. But she used to run Twinkie Town. She brought up how hilarious it is that um, Estadio hits in front of Byron Buxton. 
because mm-hmm. there was one point this weekend where Estadio was on base and Buxton got a hit, and then he forgot that Estadio was so slow, so he got caught in the middle. Estadio <laughs> still got the score, but he was in a rundown because he was like right behind him and he couldn't get all the way home. So that's adorable. Yeah, because he's the deal is always going to be on base, and if Byron right. Buxton is behind him, he better get moving. So, again, they're they're going to be a good lineup. They're going to be you know better than people give them credit for. I think it's going to be a pretty good rotation. Not, but as I was saying before we recorded, thank God for bad you know bad bullpens and on rebuilding teams. The the Twins are not a rebuilding team, but they don't have a good bullpen either. So things are going to fall apart for them just as much as they fell apart for the uh, White Sox today. I mean, sure they'll fall apart for the Indians too, but. One would hope that one for the White Sox, which is always good. Oh God, those White Sox! (laughs) I'm always going to be worried in the back of my mind, just like last year, that they're they're going to beat up on all these bad teams and then be bad against the good ones. I just want to see them destroy a good team just once early on, and I'll be good for the rest of the year. Just just cruise into Houston, just blow them out, just win eight to nothing every single game. (laughs) I would be good for the whole year. I don't care what happens the rest, as long as they win the division. Just that one series would would hold me over. Shit, I forgot Rocco Baldelli was a Twins manager. Huh. he is i don't That's this cool. is a weird observation but he looks like the kid who has a playstation in your neighborhood but nobody else does that's the, the thing <laughs> i've always thought about him when i look at him like his parents house always vaguely smells like smoke and he's the one with the playstation too and you don't know why <laughs> such a weird kind of apt statement <laughs> but he does because he's i don't know it's something with his face i don't know if that's a very where i grew up but he just looks like the kid who has the playstation i wonder if he has a i'd go over to his house to play grand theft auto 3 so I guess you mentioned there's things not to worry about, but I think one, no matter what, is this old Mr. Francisco Lindor, who's, whose ankle apparently just fucking vaporized. I don't know. Yeah, right? Um, What's going on here? <laughs> well, he's at the end of his rehab for his thigh, or not his thigh, his calf. Mm-hmm. And then apparently he's, he got caught in a rundown, which in a spring training game, just go down, just fall. I don't care. Don't get in a rundown. But he sprained his ankle, and then he's going to get a second opinion on it. And there's going to be an announcement tomorrow, or they'll find out more tomorrow, which doesn't sound good at all, because he, he apparently had the appointment today. I'd assume mm-hmm. if it was fine, they'd just say, hey, he's fine. Um, well, they have to give the note to the to the horse rider, who has to ride it to the train, who has to take <laughs> it to the dirigible, who has to fly over the stormy waters of Lake Erie, battling dragons the all the way. <laughs> so it takes a while. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Is, is that what you're going to cling to? That's what I'm going to cling to, Merritt. I'm going to hold on to that. Yeah, it's good. No, yeah, use it. It's 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 nice to use uh, fantastical things and anachronisms <laughs> as a comfort. So, how are worried are wrong. you about this this horse carrying, dragon riding note that's going to be coming tomorrow? Man, when I heard they getting a second point opinion, it really sounded a little bit ominous. But ah, we'll see. Um, I'm really holding firm to the whole. I'm not going to w- get too worried about this season because none of because I'm excited to watch the young guys develop still that I wrote about a couple of uh, weeks ago. So I think it'll be, I think he'll be fine. Probably maybe, or maybe not. Maybe he'll be very not good, but I'm trying to think of what, what, what is the, what is the reason that someone gets a second opinion for one of two reasons, the team is holding him out and he wants to play or the team wants him to play, but he doesn't feel he's healthy enough. Uh, I think that if it's, the second situation that is worse for the Indians because it will just sour him even more. Granted, he's leaving anyway, but still, if it's the first thing, well, it's just Frankie Lindor wanting to be wanting to play baseball, and the Indians being cautious because they know it's a 162 game season. Uh, I think that's an easier conversation to have with a with an all with, you know, with the star player. We we need you to be healthy for May, June, July, August, and September, and October. 
not just be able to play this week when, again, they're going to play two more games against the White Sox, uh, and then they're going to play the Blue Jays, who are very bad, and then who else is like, and then where's their schedule even go from there? The thing, like, yeah, we're still in the midst of where they could have held him out anyway, just to keep his calf right. week. So I don't think he's missed a whole lot of extra time yet. So they're but. not going to play a team that is, has any semblance of plans for the, for October until Friday, April nineteenth, because they're playing the Sox, Blue Jays, Detroit, Kansas City, Seattle. Uh, Seattle, I think, is probably the strongest among those teams. And then they have Atlanta, and then they go down to Miami, and then Houston for four. So I would like it if he came back for, actually, the Miami games. No, actually, the other Miami games, what I care about. Never mind, because I'll be at those ones. Uh, so I'd like it if he came back for those first Miami games, get to, you know, to get a, a couple reps in before the Houston series, and then Matt will be happy because they'll sweep the Houston Astros <laughs> in Houston. Just demolish the Astros. <laughs> and then they'll come down to Miami and beat the, the Marlins. Well, I mean, maybe not 150 to nothing because that'd be a long game. And I don't want to spend all day at the baseball park, just some of the day. So, you know, a nice four to nothing win with a shutout by Corey Kluber and Trevor Bauer or whoever will be pitching. With my luck, I'll probably get. What do you mean, with my luck? It's the Indians pitching staff. I'm lucky no matter who pitches. So, yeah, there's no great. there's no down day now. There's no yeah. more Josh worst, Tomlin or. Worst case scenario, it's Shane Bieber. And I'm like, cool, I get to see Shane Bieber pitch. <laughs> I can't think of what the worst case scenario is. Like, there's not one picture where I'd think, "Oh man, I have to watch this guy." I, I know, right? I guess. Like, I don't know. I guess Carrasco because there's a chance he'll have one of his bad days. But I'm, I really want to watch Clevenger. He'll just, really he'll just throw there. a total gem, and he'll just throw you know throw a 15 strike out shutout, and right, yeah, yeah. pretty good. It, it used to be weird getting stuck with like Josh Tomlin recap games. Like, oh man, I got to recap Josh Tomlin. Uh, I guess, but well, you know. But here's a probably too narrative-driven old media idea about Francisco Lindor. Like, what if what if it's a good thing that he's out for a little while, and then he provides that spark in the middle of the season when he comes back? Because there was nothing last year like that. I mean, 2016 is when he came up and gave that big spark for the Indians in the middle of the season. So, like, what mm-hmm. if he's out for, we're talking like a month, two months, and then when we're in the middle of the summer and things are starting to drag a little bit, the Indians are up in the division by several games because their pitching staff is still amazing. And then Lindor comes back and just like gives everybody a shot in the arm again in the middle of the summer. Maybe that wears out by the playoffs, but either way, he's going to be that much healthier in the playoffs. So maybe it's not too terrible if he's out for a little bit, as much as I want to watch him play as soon as possible. But maybe that's just a silver lining of thinking of Lindor being out for a month or more is that when he comes back, it's going to be basically like promoting a top prospect all over again. Sure. <laughs> it seems no, like I mean, it's been a little while since we've had somebody like that. I mean, I agree with you, but it's just also he'd be coming back from injury, and which means he probably would take a while to round back into form, which is a sad time. Or he'll hit three home runs his first game. I don't know. So I would prefer I'd prefer to get him back sooner rather than later. Well, yeah, I prefer he's healthy either way, but yeah. There's just I'm not saying the twins are good, but the twins aren't bad, and so being able to, you know hold off some sort of early surge by the twins. You know what I mean? Like there's a chance, you know, that that's always a thing that could happen. Uh, that the twins could go on an early run and the Indians are kind of in a, in a bit of a dog fight. The first half of the season, which would be exciting and fun and interesting. And, you know, a little bit stressful, which we didn't have much of it all last year, but I'd rather I'm just, I just have him come back. If only because got to watch my stars. I'd prefer that shot in the arm to be Jason Kipnis who comes back and hits like it's 20, whatever one of his good years was 2015 that was a good year right yeah uh it's like it's 2015 again that won't happen but you know boy can dream 
that's a conversation to have. Like that's almost even better than Lindor hitting well because that's what you expect. But if Kipnis comes back mm-hmm. and he is like peak Jason Kipnis again, that, that's maybe even a bigger boost than seeing Francisco Lindor do really well. well. Also because Lindor is going to be good either way. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So I agree with you. It's going to be nice when it's lineups together either way. Which again, I I think the lineup is probably better than it is. Uh, they put up five today against a bad team. Uh, Allen doesn't play enough, which sucks. They need to stop using him as a pinch hitter. But again, I think Bowers will be better than he has been. I think Ramirez. I think Ramirez is a. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. Um, there's too many Ramirez. It's goddamn Hanley Ramirez. <laughs> uh, very interesting, interesting choice because he has been hitting yeah, the ball, no, he's been hitting the ball hard. really hard. Yeah, and so that could be. I don't know. There's something about. Something very Indians about there being like a bases loaded key situation and a faded star coming up to hit. <laughs> they signed from minor league, minor league deal. Like I remember him when he was good, cool. And him hey, coming, that guy, yeah, like him coming up and I don't know, maybe coming through or not. I'm just thinking back to like Jason Giambi or uh, uh, Mike Napoli. Obviously, was always a good one. Just guys like that who just kind of come through and you know they're end up hitting 178 for the season or whatever. But they had a couple of moments, and that's all. And seeing so seeing Hanley up there, and I was like, wow, this is like old times. Pretty good, pretty good. It is. I mean, it's nice seeing Carlos Santana hitting the ball so well. And mm-hmm. and dare I say, when Lindor and Kipnis come back, like that infield is actually going to be kind of deep. Like Brad Miller's not a terrible hitter. No. And Max Moroff will probably be gone, I think, maybe. Yeah. I don't know who else will be. Because Bradley Miller, Brad Miller's your utility guy. So mm-hmm. that, that's, a, that's a relatively deep infield. I thought that was a pretty cool signing, the Brad Miller one. I mean, because again, he's not quite starter material, but if he's a filling guy, that's pretty good. Yeah, he hit. I mean, I know, I know, he was two years ago, but or whatever, but he hit like twenty six home runs or something like that a couple years ago. So there's talent there, whether it's that or something, you know, a faded version of that. I don't know. Yeah, it seems like the Indians' thing lately has always been like to find a guy who's one tool away, and like Brad Miller is his contact. He's he can still hit the ball really hard. He had, like you said, thirty home runs a couple years ago. And I think that that's that's been the whole thing with this offseason is finding guys who are just one one of the many tools away from being great, and that's that's really Brad Miller's if he can he can do it. And also, he doesn't wear batting gloves, which looks weird, and I love it. So <laughs> I like Brad Miller. That means he's not pees enough of his hands. batting glove guys. I know it's just so weird looking. I guess it's yeah, not no. that different, but just seeing some guy who just looks like he's straight out nineteen twenty. He just needs well, a mustache, and he'll be usually set. it's a much larger man that does that. Right, it has yeah. like total mitts for hands, you know. And instead, it's just a, this, this average sized guy who you kind of your eyes kind of glaze across because he looks like every other player on the team. Which, by the way, so this is not so a buddy of mine uh, was was in town uh, for the weekend, and we were watching the Twins game, uh, the one where the Indians won. And I made the observation that I think all the all the pitchers for the Twins always look exactly the same. And then I was like, you know, I probably just say that because I'm a fan of the Indians, but a lot of the guys from the Indians look exactly the same. Like guys like Stamets and Moroff and Miller to a degree. They're all just kind of, you know, vaguely athletic white guys with a with a stubble beard. And you just, if you if you if you're not looking too close, you're like, which one is this one? I don't even know. <laughs> so I think I guess it just comes along with signing old veterans, right? Like yeah, well that well, they, they deal delicious bias, obviously, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and especially Moroff and Stamets, they look really similar. They have like sunken eyes sort of kind of thing going on. <laughs> Which, by the way, sunken eyes. Did, did you see today that somebody reshared um, a video of Max or um, yeah Max Moroff when he was in Little League? 
Um, and he did one of those like things about his favorite food, and his was chicken t- tenders. And mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just such like, an adorable little kid. It's really boy loves tenders. He's staying on the team. Never mind. Stamets, you're <laughs> off. <laughs> Get out. Yeah, and then yeah, Stamets has looked really bad. So I, I still want Yu Chang to do something. If Lindor's out for a long time, I want Chang up there to. Oh, definitely to do well, something. Why not? Like, right? Like, hey, let the kids play. We've been over this. So this is a rebuilding year. A secret <laughs> right. rebuilding year. Yeah, like this is as close as they're gonna get. I mean, one thing we need to talk about, Mary, is very important: is who are these red jerseys are real good. If, if you disagree, Ooh, don't baby. Even say anything. I mean, <laughs> I think I set my my one knock on them is it's too much like the Twins, it um, is. and there, I'm drawing way too many comparisons to the Twins here. It's bothering me now. But <laughs> you know, between them, keep on winning the division and falling short constantly, and getting getting they're they're beat up by the, the great teams of the of the other divisions. Wait, was it and, you that wrote about that this offseason, or was it Chris? Uh, I don't know. I it's something, it something I said, at the very least. So, <laughs> Yeah, Chris pointed out that exact same thing, I think, when the Red Jerseys were announced, is that they look exactly like the Twins. They're slowly turning into them. Oh, Not that was me. That was me during like... a podcast, and also an article I wrote. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yes, I, 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 I double-dipped, but yes. <laughs> and it's really true, but those, those they look so good, Merritt. It's hard to fault it, because they look great. You know what was dope, thing... by the way? The twins ones with the gold piping around the numbers or the letters and stuff. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, gold piping in general is really good. Uh, but the, yeah, the, I, I, I still like the red ones. Like my wife walked by as I was watching and said, Ooh, what are these red jerseys? I was like, God, they're pretty sweet, huh? Like they look sharp. I, they're not <laughs> they as do. good as the throwback, like the 70s reds ones because they don't have the cool writing and stuff like that. And then also they're not pullovers, which was always a cool thing about them. Yeah. And also they don't have red pants. But. I like them. Yeah, no, they I really, work. I, I really like the red shirt and white pant look. That's the thing yeah. that does it for me. Rick Manning said that they look better with red socks, and I kind of agree with him. That's the only thing missing. I love red socks and red jerseys. So mm-hmm. no, that's a good the look. The blue's fine, I, I guess. But but especially the blue lettering on the red, that's super good. Well, too many teams, good. first of all, have red, white, and blue. I think we can both oh, agree I with mean, that. Of course. Yeah. But too many teams simultaneously use blue as the head secondary color. Like... Yep. I think if they could go red hat, red red jersey, red socks. Oh hell yeah! Give me all the red. Just red it up, it man. You know, I mean, just dump yeah. blue as a whole. Like, there's no point in even having it. Have a hell, have a red hat with a white C on it. Now that's a cool hat. Do that, Indians. Do this. I'd buy that hat. <laughs> Would that be hard to see though on a broadcast? Is that we like have HD television at this well, point, I mean, dude. I just don't think <laughs> hey, that's listen, a problem anymore. I have an old TV that I repaired in my office, so not all of us merit. <laughs> Some of us are on 720, ancient 2007 stuff going on here. I get HD video on my phone. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's a I big like screen. The look of, I like the look of NASCAR of the 1990s. <laughs> I, like to watch, I like to watch hockey, so I can't see anything at all. I, I reminisce about the glowing puck in the NHL, and so I just watch it on this. So How did anyone like watch any sport ever before HD television? That's just, <laughs> they made like, the puck glow, Merritt. That's how they did it. <laughs> I watch video of like like Michael Jordan highlights and stuff sometimes, and I'm just like, this is garbage. It's trash. <laughs> Are you talking about the defense off. or the, the quality? Both. The, the, yeah, well, right. quality. But like, <laughs> like I, I remember thinking about – and the good you know the good video does exist in like the NBA vaults. Or the, like, there's HD video out there somewhere of like – Roberto Clemente because it's on film, but what like the, I just I feel like I remember watching it. It was much more crisp. But then of course that happens like when I go back and play, you know, Grand Theft Auto One or whatever. Even like an older version. Like I remember when I bought MLB the Show like last year or whatever. After playing MLB Eleven the Show for years, and I was like, this is stupid. I can't deal with these graphics. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think baseball, as in general, like ages worse than other sports. 
like football, if you watch a game, I was looking at one from 2006 just for nostalgia because I watched as a teenager. It's It looks like it could broadcast today, everything about it. But if you watch like a 2006 baseball game, it already looks so dated. And I don't, I guess it's a lot of it's on Fox and Fox is absolutely horrendous. But they're constantly changing the graphics and the Chirons and stuff right. like that too. Yeah. But you know, but like I want to watch like there's not like, enough. Like I want to watch cool videos of like that home run that Manny Ramirez hit for the Red Sox in the playoffs. That's a great video where he just hit it and then put his arms straight up. It was it was Bill yeah. Simmons's uh, avatar on Twitter for a long time. Uh, I want to watch that video a few times because Manny kicked ass whatever team he was on, and I just watched him like this is this is five pixels. How is this anything? <laughs> and then I also watched um, like old football games, like watching it's it's self inflicted damage, but like watching the drive, like watching eighties football. There's just something so like I wasn't even born in the '80s, but it's still nostalgic watching that those broadcasts. It's like it's I, cool because it's like it's it, it looks old, you know. Like I watch like 1970s right. Raiders highlights, and I go, "Yeah, they really did literally murder men on the field." <laughs> they look so much bigger too, and they're really they not. Their shoulder pads are just gigantic. Well, and like the way the jerseys aren't fitted, you know, they kind of hang right. loose at the sleeves and stuff, and they just well, the the the, the pads are bigger too. Is the thing like, like a lot of huge, these guys? Yeah, that they just look. Just mammoth, like, and for some reason you have defensive ends with numbers like seventy four or something. <laughs> Who are you? I think the pads are the reason that that people used to think football players were so big and intimidating because they're so big. I want to see like players today wear those kind and see how big they look because mm-hmm. they would be gigantic. Like cowboy collars and stuff like that, man. Remember yeah, cowboy collars. <laughs> those things ruled. <laughs> you guys look like just just like gladiators or like be, like golems formed from stone. And even like if you watch like the drive game or any old Browns, I don't know if it's, I don't watch many other than like old Browns games, but it seems like Municipal Stadium was always covered in garbage. Yeah. It's just like newspapers floating around. Because it never was. See that <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it was literally covered in garbage. Yeah. I don't know if it's everywhere. It was also like, built on a care. landfill, so it had bad, it had bad drainage, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's fun stuff. Ben Davidson played defensive end for the, he was uh, for the Raiders. Also, he starred in uh, Conan the Barbarian, the movie. And we're number 83. I remember seeing that going, <laughs> what is it what is this hey you know numbers what are they but you know again a mammoth man who whose nickname was big ben davidson it's a good one there you go yeah and i never even think great numbers in baseball that much i know like griffey's number and lindor's number and um (laughs) quick what's carlos santana's number 41 oh shit well i know this because my password on my old my old computer was santana 41 for a long time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, thank you. We go ahead and actually log was, into Facebook.com. Actually, actually, it was Santana, Santana 42 to throw people off. <laughs> right, right, man, think uh, about it. Roberto Perez. Uh, 59? No, you are... Fuck you. Why are you making me look... No, 59 yeah, is Carlos Carrasco. Excuse me. There you go. See, I didn't know that either. I don't know anybody's number. I don't know why. I look at them all the time. Trevor Bowers? Uh, not 31. It's in the 20s. I think it, it might be it? 21. No, it's definitely not 21. Are you sure? Uh, I'm pretty sure. Oh, this is tough. <laughs> Isn't, well, it's famous ones. Tough. I mean, obviously, there's the famous ones because they're all, oh, all the numbers that close. are retired by the, <laughs> right, by the yeah, Yankees. 47, Trevor Bauer. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, what's Corey Kluber's like 32 or something like that? Uh, this is 28. Podcasting. 28, okay, yeah. <laughs> I know, right? He wore Isn't 34. Like, so... Let's he, go to the he NFL. He debuted at 34. That's what I remember. It's a jersey he debuted for, 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 two, for two innings in. Now, Mary, what innings. was Christian Ponder's number, the quarterback for the Vikings? Uh, 13. Wasn't it 7? No, no, it was 11, I think. I thought it was 7. Why well, just ruined my own? 
I think it, it was, was seven. Wait, wait, wait. It was it was seven. Also, who cares? See, why about do I know Christian that? Ponder? I never watched Christian Ponder. Why do I know he was number seven? <laughs> well, I think well, I think because you look you look at them from further away, and so you you all you see is the number. Like the numbers work better in football and stuff like that. But you know, like uh, like twenty four is uh, several different people, obviously, but mainly Willie Mays. <laughs> it's clearly, multiple people. Yeah, there are a lot of people that use numbers. Uh, twenty twenty one is Roberto Clemente. <laughs> Uh, yeah. three is Babe Ruth. Four is Garrig. Garrig. Uh, five is DiMaggio. Six is Barra. I think Barra. Seven is Mantle. One is fuck. Who was one? Uh, two is obviously Jeter. Does it have to be Jeter? Know, Who, by right? the way, is just blanderizing the Marlins, and it really sucks. It really sucks what he's Did done. Did you see to what they more... replaced the statue yeah. with? It's just Trash. like some advertiser's I'm, yacht out there. I'm going down there at the end of the month, <laughs> and I'm pissed that they've ruined. Oh, six was Joe Torre. That's what it was. Uh, I'm 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 very unhappy about the entire situation because, like, they changed the color of the seats. It just looks like they took all the worst parts of Yankee Stadium and put right, them there. It's an indoor Yankee Stadium now. It's just boring. Like. We need to get the, the the eyes back on the field to watch this. <laughs> Why are we doing this? What are we here to watch? To Nobody watch wants Brinson, to watch your shit it. team. <laughs> no one's ever wanted to watch them when they were good, and now they want. Uh, by the way, the Yankees have a lot of retired numbers. <laughs> they do, yeah. They have eight retired <laughs> okay. twice, for God's sake. <laughs> So do you have any other thoughts on um, the opening series or, or Chicago before we get to social media questions? I think we covered. Uh, I mean, most you know, of it's just the, I think the strikeouts are a little overblown as a thing. The weather a little bit. Pitchers are usually a, bit, a little bit further ahead than hitters. I think, uh, especially these days, you know, with all the work they do in the offseason. Tyler Naquin had did say that he's starting to get his timing down, which is a thing. So I'm not going to fret too much about it. Uh, how I, I think the one thing we we can all think about is how many times the last couple of years. Did they uh, finish, you know, April at 500? You know, like last year they were uh, 15 and 12 at the end of April. The year before that they were uh, 14 and 10. The year before that they were 10 and 11, you know, and that was the year that they went to the World Series. What I said about earlier, and, and this is why the, one of the two reasons why I'm still having fun with this season, the pitching staff is such that it just grinds teams into dust. You know, just, they're going to win three out of every five games, basically. I, I think the bullpen will be better than it is. Jonathan Edwards, by the way, I think he's going to be good. He you had just a, want your rookie of the year pick to be right. Well, I, know, he, I know how I it did is. pick him, didn't I? Well, he, he, had, did, a, yeah. he had a <laughs> sequence. Um, I think it was his first, it was the Saturday game. Yeah, he had a sequence against someone he was facing. Where and this is a guy who throws ninety five, ninety six, right? He just went like curveball, 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 and I think that that's a demonstration of trust in a curveball that is, I don't know, I think vital to a, a young guy uh, kind of making his way in in baseball. So, no, I don't know, I. I think it'll be, was it Saturday? I think it was Saturday. Saturday or Sunday? I don't know. Yeah, that's the one Edwards got the win was Saturday. That's when. Was that Saturday? About. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I I just I thought that was um, good. I suppose. Granted, it ended up being slider curveball curveball. Yeah, just a Johnson scope. Granted, it ended up being a line out. So 
that's not encouraging, but you know, lineout doesn't say anything. And then he went fastball slider against the next guy. So I don't know. He's got good stuff, and I think he'll be a good piece for the bullpen. And as we said before, bullpens are bullpens are assholes. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's that's what it comes down to. Bullpens are assholes. Like what the Indians had like it, last couple of years was ridiculous. You know the 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 bullpens of the A's or the Yankees are going to collapse at some time or other. It's just what they do. Sucks. Bullpens by their na- very nature are fickle. So what are you going to do? But I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I didn't enjoy them all the way, but I also didn't watch one at least one of the games. So what can you do? I was looking at flowers. Yeah, some instead. of them were enjoyable, but yes, well, Monday was a lot of fun. Today, while we're recording, was a lot of fun to watch. So I just hate watching it because I watch the guys be cold, and I feel cold. <laughs> yeah, that is. It doesn't feel like good baseball yet until they're warm. Like I was thinking about this today. I was listening to it on the way home from work, and I'm just like, you know what? This is what early season every time early season baseball. I'm like, why are they playing this cold? Oh wait, it's always like this. Never mind. Like right. Like we always think of baseball as being this game of the summer, and it's really not. It's a game of three different seasons completely. Hell, I mean, sometimes it snows, so it's. Yeah. I mean, it's most of the summer, sure, but like, uh, you know, like two thirds of uh, a third of the season is played not in the summer, all of April. Um, well, actually, technically, want to get into it. Uh, all of April, all of May, and, and most of June are technically spring, and then. Uh, after September 21st, if you get into... That's four months, basically. Four months of a seven-month season played not in the spring. Checkmate. Or summer. Checkmate. <laughs> Checkmate. Take that. According right, to the so, moon. <laughs> every Monday, we ask everybody on Twitter and Facebook for your questions. We've got a couple of them this week. Um, the first one will go with the land 619 He asked, Roberto was obviously great behind the plate, but what is the bare minimum he has to do offensively to still be considered an overall positive asset player? I think just calling him great behind the plate at this point is an understatement. He is one of the best behind the plate, whether it's yeah. framing or stopping balls or stopping runners. He is super no, there, good. There's a reason why the Indians were comfortable dumping, a, you know, a right. technical all star for him. Yeah, like, I, I, I think I, all he has to do is be his what is this 2016 self, where he was he had a 73 WRC plus, he had a slash of 207, 291, 373. He does that for a whole year and is extremely good behind the plate fine <laughs> just stick him at the bottom of the lineup let him soak up some pitches for a little bit because that, that's one thing he's doing this year is a lot better like what he used to do when he was somewhat good offensively he took a lot of pitches yeah he took like the fourth most through the first three games so if he keeps doing that i don't really care what he does as long as he keeps doing what he's doing behind the plate and taking a bunch of pitches occasionally run into one maybe get a home run or two and draw some walks and i'm good with that i will say the one thing i that isn't really being thought about very much is He's never th- uh, worked more than 580 innings in a season, right? Which works out to, because how many innings are there in a season? 162 times 9, 14. Uh, uh, basically a third of a season. Now, no one expects a catcher to go every single game, but you expect, what, 100 and 120 games, I guess? That sound about right? 130 yeah, games, I guess, from yeah. out of your starting. Like, I guess it depends he, on how good your backup catcher is and how. Right, exactly. Like, he, like uh, last year he worked 62. Uh, the year before that, he or 58 rather. Uh, year before that, 71 with 66 starts. So that's because he was back. You know, I mean, part of it was John Gomes was hurt for one of those seasons, but also he just they, they didn't have a starting catcher. They had two starting catchers basically. So I mean, you look at a team like I don't know, like like what? Did, how many did T.J. Rail Muto work last year? That that's a good that's a good uh, starting point. He did 125 games last year, so 
if we're going to have him doing 125 games, performing at the level he is, yeah, no, I, I think if he performs like he did in 2017, that'd be great. That's the most games, most at-bats and everything he's had ever in his career. And what? It's not like he was a stud or anything like that, but he's a smidge over the Mendoza line. He was uh, shitty offensively, but he was great behind the plate, good enough that he was worth almost a full win in – Basically, half almost half the game time that I'm that we're hoping from him, right? Uh, and as we've as I've mentioned a couple of times, I don't think that any statistic truly captures the impact of a, of a great catcher. I just as an example, I was watching the Cubs game tonight. Um, what's his name? Uh, Wilson Castillo, right? That's their catcher, right? Contreras. Contreras. Wilson Contreras. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh Wilson Castillo. Who the fuck is that? Jesus. I think he was he's on the the White Sox, right? Right. That's what it is. Okay. Um <laughs> He was I mean, he's really made his framing much better and he turned a bunch of balls by Kyle Hendricks into strikes. And this uh, this is just a thing that isn't really it, it's measured now, but it wasn't measured until very recently. Like they just updated uh wins above replacement on fan graphs to include uh framing and things of that nature. And there's more to what Perez does to keep runs off the board than just that. You mentioned uh, his ability to block uh, the various changes by by Bauer and things like that. That keeps runs off the board. So I think as long as he's shitty but not a black hole, I guess, that is is a goal to achieve, right? I think, like you said, if he's somewhere resembling his his 2017, that'd be great. Uh, yeah, shitty but not a black hole is all I need from him at the yeah, plate, you know, really. <laughs> I mean, if he if he gets if he gets twenty five extra base hits, I think that we're hell, if he can get his on base percentage to thirty percent to three hundred basically, I think we're 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 riding high here because he's I think yeah. he's just that good behind the plate. Again, there's a reason they allowed uh or they traded away Gomes. I mean, at least one reason besides cutting salary and everything like that. But yeah, no, I think we'll be fine. Um, so we'll finish up with one more from at Joseph Zucker. He said, Henley Ramirez is slugging 556 with a 919 OPS through three games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you see him taking the starting short shop job from Francisco Lindor? I'm going to go, yeah. yeah. I think Lindor, I mean, he's gone. Just trade him now. Cut him. Well, I mean, now he did say this. That was through three games. But how is he doing through four games, huh? Oh, no. Now we got to bring oh, in the advanced stats hit. of using a fourth game of sample size. Ooh, <laughs> numbers. He's now only slugging five... Uh, I'm sorry. Let's see. He's now only hitting. Yeah, seven ninety five is where his OPS now is. So it, wow, the only the OPS garbage. updated within the yeah. So he's trash. Get his ass out of here. Cut. Uh, Lindor's job board. is officially safe again. Yeah. Whew, dodge that bullet for now <laughs> until tomorrow. One more day, Frankie. You have one more day every day. What have you I, done I for me really lately? That's the game. <laughs> Right now, or I guess before this game, Hanley had an 18.2% walk rate, which is really good. So. Yonder Alonso uh, ended today with a 926 OPS. <laughs> Indians lost the trade, clearly. Alex Call, where are you? You got to get up here and help us now. Son of a bee sting. Oh, well, what are you going to do? <laughs> All right, Mary. That's going to be our show. All Next right. week, we'll have even more baseball to talk about. Hopefully not as much awful offense, and we'll, we'll get some get some fun going. Talk to you then. I'll be here.